It's not your fault. There's nothing you could have done to prevent this. I repeat these words to every patient I see that has experienced a miscarriage or early pregnancy loss. But the truth is, even though you know these things to be true, it doesn't feel like they are. You find yourself wondering if you should have worked out more or less. Should you have eaten more of this or less of that? Maybe this is payback for that thing you did or didn't do. I know you ask yourself these questions because despite being an OBGYN and women's health expert, I've asked myself the same questions. Hello, and welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and I am so happy that you are joining us again today. We're talking about a topic near and dear to my heart and something that so many of us have experienced alone, afraid to share with loved ones and friends, miscarriage. Rather than focus on the miscarriage itself and that actual experience, which I'm sure we will dedicate another episode to at a later time, today we're going to discuss the toll it takes on us. While I'm focusing on miscarriage and early pregnancy loss, a lot of our conversation can also be applied to pregnancy loss that occurs later in the pregnancy. Most pregnancy losses happen before 12 weeks and are caused by chromosomal abnormalities or problems with the baby's DNA that keep it from growing as it should. Your body recognizes that it doesn't have what it needs to grow a healthy baby, so it stops. Only about one to two pregnant women out of 10, so about 10 to 20%, experience a miscarriage, and only 2-3% to experience losses in the second trimester, and even less than 0.5% in the third. These seem like small numbers, unless it happens to you. If it has, I'm sorry you are part of our small group. However, you are not alone. Miscarriage and pregnancy loss don't just affect your body. They also affect your self-esteem. Why doesn't my body work? Isn't this what it's supposed to do? You may feel like you can't rely on your body to successfully grow a pregnancy and give birth. I know, I've been there, and it feels awful. Our bodies start to change as soon as the first trimester, and viewing these changes while knowing the baby isn't coming can really take a toll. Women with losses later in their pregnancy or after delivery may go through the delivery process and bear the associated trauma of C-section scars or vaginal tears. Some women may lactate. All of this further increases the confusion and frustration we have with our bodies, which we often later put upon ourselves. After a pregnancy loss, you may go through the three, sta- uh, the three stages of grief and mourning. You have lost so much. The sense of oneness that comes from bonding with your baby and all the anticipation that comes with parenthood. Whether you were in the first trimester or the third, it's hard to let go of plans you made for your family. Grieving is a normal, expected process. The first stage of grief, avoidance or protest, can last from a few hours to several days. 
During this time, you might avoid reviewing ultrasound results with your doctor or discussing the situation with family or friends. You might continue to talk to your baby or interact as if nothing has changed. Maybe you're still posting about the baby on social media or just avoiding it altogether. Some of us get angry or hostile, lashing out at our healthcare providers, our families, or ourselves for failing to prevent the outcome. The second stage of grief, confrontation and disorganization, involves confronting the reality of the loss and absorbing the meaning over time. As you can imagine, this is an incredibly intense, painful stage. You might continue to think about your pregnancy and your baby and relive the relationship you formed. You might recount all the belly pats and nicknames or pour through the endless amount of bump pics on your phone. This is a time where you need the love and support of family and friends. It hurts, but it's a necessary stage for you to process and heal. During the third phase of grief, accommodation and reorganization, the acute symptoms of grief are slowly decreasing and you may begin to re-enter the world. Maybe you're ready to pick up the phone and call your friends and hang out again, or you can hear a baby crying without breaking down into tears. You haven't forgotten your loss, but you are learning to process it in a way that allows you to live again. This phase can last a couple of years and marks the end of mourning as you look to the future. You have hope. The good news is that most women who miscarry go on to have a healthy pregnancy thereafter. Only a small number experience recurrent pregnancy loss, which involves two miscarriages in a row, and even women with recurrent pregnancy loss can go on to have healthy full-term pregnancies. I know this from firsthand experience. Despite knowing this yourself, you may still be wondering what you can do to prevent a miscarriage from happening again. Maintaining a healthy diet and weight is important, as is getting any chronic conditions you have under control and decreasing or discontinuing any excessive alcohol intake or substance use. Talk to your doctor to help you optimize your health and manage any complications you may have. Basically, be as healthy as you can. Your mental health is equally as important. Support groups are invaluable. Being able to share your experience with someone and not go through it alone can make a huge difference. Plus, it's less lonely if you have someone who knows what you're going through and is there to help if needed. I didn't share my first miscarriage with anyone until years after it happened, and I can't tell you the number of people who revealed their own experience once I told them mine. And in my mind, I was just like, ugh, why can't we talk about this? Because that would have made me feel better, and that would have made you feel better. It's important for us to erase the stigma so we can really be there to support one another. In addition to sharing with others, journaling has been helpful for me allowing me to put my feelings and concerns into words that I can more easily express to myself and others. Gardening can give you some quiet time to reflect and process, and a memorial garden or special plant or flower that you've planted, they're all beautiful ways to honor your baby. Prayer and meditation cannot be underestimated. It can also help you to develop a positive framework to view your loss and heal. 
Exercise and physical activity may help you reclaim your relationship with your body separate from motherhood. However, if you're continuing to feel sad or having difficulty processing your loss, there is no substitute for a grief counselor or therapist. Although we've talked a lot about our own individual experiences, we can't forget about our partners. They're going through this too. Remember that your partner may be sharing many of these thoughts and feelings, and it's important to be mindful of this and support one another. Talk about it together. So again, I tell you, just as I'm telling myself, it's not your fault. There's nothing you could have done to prevent this. Be kind to yourself. Your rainbow is coming. This is Dr. Stephanie Hack. The rainbow, par- uh, the rainbow Parts Doctor, now rainbows are on my mind, the Rainbow Parts and Lady Parts Doctor. Don't forget to subscribe to the blog, the podcast, or both, and let me know if you have any questions, stories, or ideas you want to share. Until next time. Mm-hmm.